Welcome to this episode of the Legal Page Podcast. Today's episode, I am putting my legal hat on again and chatting about how I would suggest that you send your contracts to your clients correctly via email or your online client management system. I've noticed recently that too many business owners are sending their client contracts with a template email from their CRM system. Think here like HoneyBook, Dubsado, 17 Hats. And this email basically says, here's your contract. Please sign and date at the bottom. And then the link to the contract is in that email. What I want you to know is that while, yes, you want to get your contracts out quickly and effectively and efficiently to your clients, you want to also do it very, very smartly. And I want you to do it differently than this because it's going to protect you better legally. So there's some key elements your potential clients may not read in your contract if they aren't informed about it because we're so used to receiving and agreeing to the terms and conditions with online contracts. So I'm going to be going over what needs to be in that initial email with your contract attached to it today in this episode. I'm going to save you lots of time and headache and hopefully smoother correspondence with your clients in the meantime. So let's get right on into it, Legal Pagers. You're listening to the Legal Page Podcast, where we chat about life and business with a legal twist. I'm Paige, attorney and photographer helping online businesses and creatives tackle their business dreams without breaking out in hives. No more legal mumbo jumbo. This podcast features simple bite-sized advice that'll have you legally legit in no time. Are you ready? Let's get started. As a reminder, before we get into this episode, I am legally obligated to give my disclaimer. So I am an attorney, but I am not your attorney. All legal information I talk about on this episode is intended for the masses and a large variety of different businesses. I am only your attorney when you hire me and we sign an engagement letter for me to work specifically on your legal issues. Please feel free to seek out another attorney in your hometown if you need specific legal advice or contact me for more information. Alrighty, here's the episode, friends. Hi, guys. So thanks so much for tuning in today. As you know, we're talking all about how to correctly send contracts via email to your clients Now, thelegalpage.com has all of our blog posts on it. I want you to go and look. We've written multiple blog posts about how to send contracts through CRM systems like Dubsado, HoneyBook, and other platforms. So if you haven't read those, make sure you do after today's episode. I literally do like a play-by-play, hold your hand of how I would suggest that you send those and work through their like contract sending platform. But I also want to touch on today is what needs to go in that initial email. So you've done your client inquiry, they're going to book you, you've decided on the package, and now on the back end, you're writing up the contract and you're sending it to them. So you have the full contract in place. Hopefully you have a TLP contract or something very, very similar that's going to protect you really well. And that's already loaded in your CRM system and ready to go. You're probably tweaking just a few things regarding the package and the payments and maybe the retainer, probably the event date, the event location, things like that. And then when you send it to your client, I want you to not just rush over the email sending process. 
and they're template emails in the CRM systems that are fine. And they're just trying to like efficiently get this contract in the hands of your clients as quickly as possible. But what you're not doing is like sitting down with your client and actually going through the contract, which legally speaking will impose less risk and liability on you for a contractual dispute happening down the road. And here's what I mean by that. Explaining your contract clauses via email prior to your client's signing serves as further proof that they knew about your business policies within that contract before they actually signed at the bottom dotted line. And here's why this is important legally, because it gives your clients a heads up on the clauses they need to pay extra attention to and serves as that proof, like I said, or evidence in another, you know, AKA evidence that you need to inform them of that business policy prior to them signing. So I like to say like you're acting like you're sitting down at a table across from your client reviewing the contract before signing. Like think old school. You're bringing the paper document. Olden days, you're like before the internet, you needed to meet up in person. You needed to go line by line through the contract. You probably needed to modify it or clarify to your client what that clause means. And then they'll probably sign at the bottom dotted line or you're like initialing different things that you're tweaking in the contract. So this type of situation back in the olden days was really invaluable in the overall legal process of booking a client and having the contract being signed because it allowed you and your client the opportunity to have a full what's called meeting of the minds. This is a legal term. And this means it's a critical element of a valid contract. And it means that the both parties to the contract or all parties to the contract understood what the contract meant and what the clauses meant prior to signing. So in order to do this in today's day and age, when we're sending contracts left and right online, you need to have this same kind of meeting of the minds situation. You need to then be very specific when you first send the client your contract and you can't just really send this template email anymore. I want you to sit down and write your own email that you're going to send to clients. So I suggest picking out about like four to six of the most important clauses in your contract and explaining it to the potential client that's going to sign this contract in layperson terms, aka in your own words. I want you to tell them, what does this clause mean? So that way you really pave the way for this potential client to know that they need to take an extra peek at those particular clauses and it almost incentivizes your clients to actually read the words in your contract instead of just scrolling to the bottom and signing. You're saying, before you do that, please look at these clauses. Here's what they mean. Here's what my business policies are. And if you have any questions surrounding it, let's chat about it before you actually sign the contract. And then the whole proof and evidence thing is something that I feel like lots of business owners don't really think about. Of course, somebody just signing your contract is good, right? It is it good enough though? I I don't know. Like it depends on the facts and circumstances of each scenario. But they if you don't send like an email that's really explaining things, that's pointing out stuff in your contract, you're essentially handing them the argument that they didn't know that was in the contract prior to them signing or they didn't understand that clause and they thought it meant X when you thought it meant Y. 
So when you send this initial email, it's like doubling up proof for you. Your clients could say, oh, I didn't know about that in the contract. And you can say, well, not only is it in the contract that you signed the bottom dotted line, but I also sent you this email and you can snapshot the proof of sending that email that you alerted them to that clause prior to them signing. It's literally like double proof that they agreed to that policy. So it serves you even better for legal liability purposes. Now, what exactly should you like, should this email entail? In our show notes of this episode, I have some email template copy, swipe copy for you that you can take and use. And essentially it says this, it says like, hi client, you want some you know, you can change the tone of this email. You know, you can jazz it up with your own personality, of course. But I always just say like an introductory, thank you for chatting with me. I'm so excited to get to planning your event more in depth. But in order to officially book your date, all you need to do is pay your retainer fee and maybe non-refundable retainer fee you say there just to like make it even more clear cut and sign the contract attached here to this email. Once you open up the contract and review it, please let me know if you have any questions because I'm more than happy to jump on a call and go over it with you if you need further clarification. I actually always like to point out to my clients a couple specific clauses that you can take an extra peek at just to make sure we're both on the same page with my services and you can fully understand what they mean from my perspective. And then you can bullet point clauses right there in the template email And this is why we number clauses at, you know, in all of our TLP template contracts. This is why those numbered clauses are bold, underlined, and have headings. So it is so easy to be like, bullet point one, clause two, fees and retainer. And then you explain there in your own words what your policies are and why in that clause. And so you're bullet pointing like clause two, clause seven, clause 11, clause 15, and Your clients can go directly to that number in your contract, read through it, understand what you said in the, you know, initial email you sent to them, take an extra peek in the contract, have that meeting of the minds. They sound on the bottom dotted line. You are good to go. And of, you know, it, you also are opening the door for if they need clarification or if they have questions to just talk to you about it. (laughs) There's this weird misnomer in the industry that like, this is my contract and this should never be changed. And it is not okay. That That's not reality. Like contracts are living documents. And if your clients have questions, you can tweak things to satisfy them. I mean, as long as it's not like exponentially like drastic to change in your contract and they just have little nuanced things that they want you to tweak, just, I mean, awesome. Serve your clients well. And what? That's even better because they've, you know, they've read through line by line in the contract and they actually care about what it states. So some people are like, run when your clients say that. And I'm like, actually, this could be a good thing. And maybe your clients are just being extra diligent. And then maybe you're going to have great communication with them because you're willing to work with them. You just never know like what scenario people are in or what their background is, or if they just had a big contractual dispute with someone Like you don't know what's happened in their lives. And so if that's presented to you, don't take it as a bad thing. Just work with them. But by sending this email, just realize that it does also open the door for your clients, you know, talking to you about your contract, which is okay, my friends. It's okay. And I kind of want that to happen in all honesty. 
legal pagers wondering what the specific essential clauses are that you need to have in your contract to ensure you're actually protecting yourself? Well, I got you, my friend. Download my free contract clause checklist. You can find it at thelegalpage.com forward slash free clause checklist. And this freebie features all the clauses you need to ensure you're covering your bases and fully protecting your business. All you have to do is essentially have this checklist next to you, open your existing original contract and just check off and make sure that all of the ones that are listed in the checklist are indeed in your actual contract. And if you're missing one, guess what? You can easily add it in. We sell individual clauses at the legal page shop. So you can just purchase whatever it is that you need. Again, you can get this free clause checklist at thelegalpage.com forward slash free clause checklist. All right, let's jump back into today's episode. The other things I just wanted to point out here is you know, make sure you have an online contract sending platform that allows clients to electronically sign the contract via the email that they have on file with you, that the date and time of them signing is actually documented in your CRM system. That's really important as well. And that they sign first. So either one client or two clients, like if it's a wedding or event, I always suggest both spouses are signing. Uh, if it's just another, you know, like, singular business client that you're working with for, say, I don't know, branding photography or family photography, or if you um, are like a lawyer, for example, I just, I don't have both spouses sign. If there's like two people in, I just have one authorized signature sign. So you just want them to sign first and then you need to sign the contract as well. I don't know why some people don't sign their own contracts, but both all parties to the contract need to sign in the bottom dotted line in order for it to become effective and valid. So make sure that's happening. Uh, And then people ask like, how does this email change if I'm sending an addendum? I just want you to bullet point explain what's in the addendum prior to them signing. Um, So an addendum or an amendment to a contract is any type of changes to a contract. I've talked about that before the differences between amendments and addendums. We also have blogs on this if you need further information on it. But essentially, I I don't really want the email template to change that you're sending to them. I want you to explain like an introductory paragraph on why this addendum is being added. And then, you know, key things, bullet points that are included in the addendum for them to take an extra peek at. And then make sure they sign at the bottom dotted line and then you sign as well with an addendum. The same goes for a rescheduling contract, a cancellation contract, any type of like secondary contract to your original existing contract. I still want you to send these types of emails because again, it's double proof and evidence that you have indeed pointed out to them what's in this secondary contract, what they are signing on to, and you have written proof that you alerted them to that because you may have done it via like a telephone phone call or a FaceTime that you had with your clients, uh, but none of that's documented. So putting it in writing is key. Oh, and then one last thing here that I want to make sure you guys have in this email is if you have any clauses in your contract that have initials on them. So I always, I do not think you need initials at the bottom of every single page, or I don't think you need to initial every single clause. 
But sometimes you're going to have very particular clauses that are like, I absolutely need them to initial this. For example, basically everyone right now probably has a pandemic clause in their contract, a COVID-19 clause. And you probably want that clause initialed that they looked at it, they signed it, and they took an extra peek at it. Uh, so in that bullet point language, you want to explain this also needs to be initialed. Um, so make sure that you're taking an extra peek at it prior to initialing. And then lastly, I would just say, don't point out every clause in your contract because you probably have like 20 to 30 ish clauses total in your, you know, client contract. If you were to put it in like a Microsoft Word or Google Doc format, you're looking at anywhere from like a five to 10 page contract here. And so I wouldn't point out every clause to your contract. I just point out the most important ones uh, in bullet point language it. So, you know, really like summarize probably the fee clause, a cancellation policy, a rescheduling policy. If, you know, it's something particular like adventure elopement and there's an assumption of risk clause that they need to initial and like you need them to know X, Y, Z about your adventure elopement services, that clause should be pointed out. If you're a graphic designer um, or website designer for that example, like scope creep can become kind of an issue. So any, I would point out that clause regarding like an, any additional changes or things that are beyond the scope of the you know package that the client booked will incur additional charges. Those type of clauses are the ones I want you to bullet point here. So choose, like I said, four to six, and then also open the conversation up so they are hopefully reading your entire contract and not just those clauses and signing the bottom dotted line as well. So they agree to, of course, the entirety of the contract. And that's it, you guys. I hope you grabbed your notebook and took lots of good notes on how to send your contracts via email to your clients. I want to reiterate that it's super, super important to document and highlight those key clauses that we discussed and elements in your contracts versus just sending a generic please sign and date at the bottom of the contract type of email. Explaining these contract clauses prior to your client signing really serves as that further proof that they knew about your business policies and then having all of this documented in written down emails that you're sending in your CRM system, as well as them signing the actual contract, will help you further should something arise with a contractual dispute later on with your client. I hope you thoroughly enjoyed this episode, and I will talk to you all next week. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Legal Page Podcast. See, I told you being legally legit isn't so scary. Be sure to visit thelegalpage.com for all show notes. And it would be super awesome if you could head over to iTunes and leave a review. Last but not least, don't forget to join my free Facebook group for unlimited legal and biz Q&A. Chat soon, Legal Pagers. Attention all service industry business owners. Are you absolutely certain your current contract has you protected and set up for success? I've got some game-changing news for you. I've created a free checklist with all the essential clauses that you will need in your service industry contract. From force majeure to severability, cancellation to rescheduling, transferability, and even venue and jurisdiction. I've covered it all to make sure you stay protected and set for success. Don't take any chances with your business's future. Head over to Instagram 
and DM me the word checklist to grab your free guide. That's right. Just go over to The Legal, P-A-I-G-E on Instagram and DM me the word checklist. With this checklist in hand, you'll have the confidence to never get in a pickle with a client and ensure your business is 100% safeguarded.